0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew begins his exposition of St. Peter's First Epistle with this message entitled, Our Salvation is of the Triune God, preached September 11th, 2016. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to 1 Peter, chapter 1, beginning with verse 1.
1: Preached from several epistles, almost all epistles of St. Paul. And therefore we are now turning to St. Peter to hear what the Apostle Peter wants to tell us. And please pay attention, sir, because theology is not easy. It demands total attention. And therefore, may God help you to reject all distraction. Salvation. Our salvation is of the triune God. Saint Peter wrote his first epistle from Rome around 64 to 68 AD. He wrote to believers in Jesus Christ, Jews and Gentiles. He wrote, he says, in chapter 5, verse 12, with the assistance of Silvanus. And he wrote this epistle to encourage believers to persevere in the faith as they go through various fiery trials in the will of God. It is written to the sojourners scattered throughout the region south of the Black Sea and north of the Taurus Mountains. Regions, he says, Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia covering the areas of modern Turkey as the inspired word of the apostle it is written to all believers of today scattered throughout the world Saint Peter is the apostle of hope a hope sure and certain Hope of our final full salvation, which is anchored in Jesus Christ, raised from the dead and reigning in heaven. First, then, the author, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself was an apostle. Sent into the world by the father. Hebrews 3 and verse 1. An apostle. Has the power of attorney. To speak and write. In the name of the sender. The one who commissioned him. The words of the apostle. Are the very words of Christ the king. So this epistle of Peter is the infallible word of Christ to us. Jesus gave him the Aramaic name Cephas, a rock in Greek, Petros. So he is known as Simon Peter. Before Christ gave this name, he was Simon Peter son of John of the village of Bethsaida in Galilee. Simon Peter was a very poor, uneducated fisherman. Peter was known for his early confession that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. This Confession was the result of the Father's revelation to him concerning the person of Jesus Christ. Yet he became immediately the spokesman for the devil when he counseled Jesus not to accomplish redemption for us through his substitutionary death on the cross in behalf of elect sinners which included Saint Peter also Peter also failed to function as a rock when he denied Jesus three times because he feared his own death friends let us know one thing Peter is not the foundation of Christ's church. Jesus Christ is. So we read Isaiah 28 verse 16. So this is what the sovereign Lord says. See I lay a stone in Zion. A tested stone. A precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. And St. Paul says the same thing in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 11. Jesus Christ is the foundation of the church. Peter's true confession also is the foundation of the church. That thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. What I mean is not Pope Pope. Pope is not the foundation of the church the church is built upon the foundation of the apostolic doctrine after his resurrection the recent Jesus restored Peter as apostle and pastor to feed the flock of God with the word of God after his baptism in the Holy Spirit, Saint Peter boldly preached the gospel and God saved three thousand people. Now listen to what he said. Acts three, fourteen through eighteen. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer. Be released to you. You killed the author of life. But God. Raised him from the dead. We are witnesses to this sir. He was jailed. Peter two times only to be set free by an angel of the Lord both times. The king Herod Agrippa I wanted to kill Peter by the sword. He was a politician. He wanted to please his constituency, the Jews. In Acts 12, we read this story. He he knows, Peter knows he would be killed in the morning. Yet he was sleeping in prison between two soldiers bound with two chains. God gave him abounding grace and peace to live a life of obedience to his Lord. Finally, he was crucified for his love for Jesus. As Christ himself predicted. He was a rock. For his savior. Peter was an apostle of Jesus Christ. Yet he also calls himself a fellow elder. Chapter 5 verse 1. And a slave of Jesus Christ. Not servant sir. Slave. I am a slave of Jesus Christ. I'm a born slave of Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and I hear and obey him. And you are slaves of Jesus Christ. Let us bring back this idea of slave. Black and white are slaves if you are Christians. Of Jesus Christ. He clothed himself with humility. A counsel he gives to all believers. And he says in 1 Peter 5, All you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Let us pay attention to this letter because it gives us infallible apostolic direction regarding how to live a godly life. Second point, salvation is of the triune God. Under this, first, salvation of the Father. The Father foreknew us, a technical term you need to understand. Foreknew us means God for loved us. Chapter 1, verse 2 tells us that. And look at this in the Old Testament, Psalm 1 and verse 6, correctly translated in King James Version. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. Amos 3, 2 you only have I known of all the families of the earth Romans 8 29 for those God foreknew Romans 11 verse 2 God did not reject his people whom he foreknew foreknow does not mean that God foreknows those who will believe the gospel. That God foreknows from eternity those who will believe the gospel. That's not what it means. Theology is difficult. That's why you need to go to a church where there is a learned and pious pastor. So again, foreknow does not mean that God foreknows from eternity those who will believe the gospel in time, and those who will reject the gospel in time. On the basis of this foreknowledge, Armenian says, God chose some to salvation, because He knew who will believe and who will not believe. That's false theology biblically false now let me tell you what it means this is father's work God's foreknowledge means God loves certain sinners from eternity before the creation of the world he foreloved them foreknew them to be saved From the perspective of the fall known as infralapsarian perspective God forloved some sinners from all eternity before creation and fall and chose them from eternity to be saved from their sins based on the atoning work of God's Son Jesus Christ. It had nothing to do whether you will believe or not believe. Friends, all are sinners, Esau and Jacob. And yet in mercy, God loves sinner Jacob and not Esau to be saved from all sinners. Condemned sinners, condemned to die. God selects, chooses some to eternal life, not based on any merit of their own, but based on the merit of Christ alone. God loved you from all eternity, black and white, based on not your merit but the merit of Christ alone. So we read in Ephesians 2, 8, 4, it is by grace, means unmerited favor. We merited hell, he gave us heaven. We merited eternal death, he gave us eternal life. Let's say goodbye to all our glory in our merit. And goodness and righteousness. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. And these elect, they alone are the Father's donation. Professor John Murray's word donation to his son that he may die for their sins and be raised to life for their justification John 17 6 through 12 so based on God's foreknowledge which means forelove he chose from eternity some to be saved first is forelove therefore he chose some to be saved to receive eternal life God foreloved them God chose and predestinated the elect as Paul says to glory Romans eight twenty nine 29 and 34 those God foreknew meaning foreloved he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Those he predestined, he also called in time. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. They are effectually called... Justified, adopted, being sanctified, to be glorified when Christ comes again in glory. That's theology, sir. You go to any church and and tell me whether they preach this. We are God's elect. So we are loved in God's Son and given grace in God's Son before the beginning of time. Second Timothy one nine, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. this grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. The Father loves us even as he loves his own Son. Did you hear that, sir? yeah to today you may go and maybe in an accident understand even when you die god loves me and he's going to take me to his presence immediately john 17:23 i in them and you in me may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them Even as you have loved me. Think about it, sir, that God the Father loves us even as He loves Jesus Christ Himself. God loved us before creation, in eternity. He loves us now, and He will love us forever. all three persons of the Godhead are involved in our salvation therefore our salvation is sure and certain father has loved us and chosen us we are God's elect though we are sojourners scattered throughout the world experiencing fiery trials for our faith we are God's elect chosen resident aliens in this world as our father Abraham was a resident alien so we read instead they were longing for a better country a heavenly one therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them Paul says in Philippians 3.20 But our citizenship is where? In heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in the world as the light of the world. We are not in the world so that we can conform to the world. You read... Jeremiah 10, it begins by saying, Don't conform to the world. There are people, they are living to conform to the world. I don't. Romans 12, verse 1 says, Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind by the word of God. Be different, be light, and be salt, sir. We are in the world as the light of the world and the salt of the earth for the salvation of the world through our gospel life and gospel proclamation. We are in the world but not of the world which is under the devil's control. We do not conform to the world. We live a wholly separated life in belief and behavior a life governed by the Holy Scriptures. We are followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has received all authority in heaven and on earth. We are destined for glory
0: Hallelujah.
1: to dwell with God forever in a sinless new heaven and new earth. Yes, now we are chosen sojourners. Yet soon we shall live in the city of God with foundations whose architect and builder is God. So Hebrew writer says for here we do not have an enduring city but we are looking for the city that is to come. Friends, the people of the world are without hope and without God. We are people with hope and with God. We are followers of our Lord Jesus. Though we are sojourners now and strangers in the world, we belong to the heavenly Jerusalem. Even now we are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So Paul says in Ephesians 1, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. In his sight, in love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. We are chosen to be saved, to live eternally in perfect happiness with God and his holy people and elect angels in the new heaven and new earth where dwells righteousness. We are the chosen generation chosen by the Father, chosen in Christ our Redeemer. John 15:16 Jesus says you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. And John says again first John 4:19 We love because he first loved us. Yes. How do you know that you are chosen by God and God loves you? You love him and keep his commandments. Think, sir it is the teaching of the Bible there is no righteous there is no one righteous all are sinners yet God cares for all people listen very carefully yet God cares for all people all life matters to God in one sense Matthew 5:45. That you may be sons of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Yet in the ultimate sense God loves the elect. Only who are loved from all eternity. And for whose salvation alone Christ died. That is In one sense, the life of the elect in Christ from all the families of the earth alone matters. Did you hear all that, sir? I like biblically, literate, theologically learned people. And that's what we do in this church. So understand, God will save all his elect and they alone will dwell with God in a new world of perfect righteousness. So let us make one thing sure and certain. Make our calling and election sure. By this test, do I love God and obey God? Because God cares for the elect of the whole world Let us pay heed to the great commission of Christ, even to the world evangelization, beginning with our own neighborhood. Preaching the authentic gospel until God calls us home. In the salvation of God the Son, Christ redeemed us by his shed blood on the cross. In the Old Testament, the blood of the covenant was sprinkled upon the people of the covenant who agreed to obey the covenant Lord. Let me read to you, sir. Exodus 24, 3 through 8. When Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice, Everything the Lord has said we will do. Moses then wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls and the other half he sprinkled on the altar now listen then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people they responded we will do everything the Lord has said we will obey. Moses then took the blood sprinkled on the people and said, this is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with these words. And you read Hebrews 9.22, this is it. Without the shedding of blood, what's But it is not the shedding of the blood of bulls and goats. So we are told. The blood in the Old Testament pointed to the blood of Jesus Christ. And Saint Peter says this. In 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold. That you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers but be the precious blood of Christ a lamb without blemish or defect John the Baptist introduced Jesus behold the lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world the price of our redemption sir Was the highest imaginable, even the blood of the Son of God. When you understand theology, you will not be anxious. You know that God loves you. And so we are told in 1 John 1 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all our sins. And Paul says in Acts 20 and verse 28 keep watch over yourselves and all the flock, pastors. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God. Now listen. Which he bought with his own blood. It is time we appreciated the love of God. The Father planned our salvation, the Son incarnate accomplished our redemption by His substitutionary death and resurrection. And third, God the Holy Spirit's work in saving us. Holy Spirit applies redemption to every elect, black or white. The Holy Spirit applies Christ's redemption to each elect of the Heavenly Father. So Holy Spirit sanctifies beginning with our regeneration, giving us the life of God. We also receive as gifts, repentance and saving faith in Jesus Christ alone. Such believers, such elect believers prove their faith by obedience in Spirit's power. The Holy Spirit sanctifies the elect, preparing us for glorification. What is glorification sir? Philippians 3.21 Who by the power that enables him Jesus Christ to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. 1 Corinthians 15 For the perishable must clothed itself with the imperishable the mortal with immortality when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality then the saying that is written will come true death has been swallowed up in victory Holy Spirit draws people away from sin unto holiness He makes us like Christ. You know why? Make every effort. Hebrews 12, 14. To live in peace with all men. And make every effort to be holy. For without holiness. No one will see the Lord. If you are not holy. Then you will not see the Lord. It tells you that you are not chosen chosen predestinated people will live an obedient life we are to be perfect even as our heavenly father is perfect this is the word of the holy spirit and third point the purpose of spirits sanctification what is the purpose sir? what is the purpose of it all and it says to obey Jesus Christ you confessed him as Lord and therefore you said I am his obedient slave so you are saying speak Lord your servant hear it You don't like what I am preaching? You are not chosen to salvation. You like sinning? You are not chosen to salvation. The purpose of spirit sanctification is to live out the confession Jesus is Lord. That we obey Jesus Christ out of our love for him because he is our covenant Lord we are his obedient slaves Jesus Christ commands his apostle his people to obey him teaching them what sir to obey whatsoever things I have commanded you he never begs he is Lord your Lord sir every creature must obey him Every antinomian, meaning disobedient Christian, every antinomian Christian will be sent to experience eternal punishment by the Lord Jesus, the judge of the whole world, by spirit's power. If any professing Christian does not work out one's salvation with fear and trembling, we must conclude such a person is not for loved. And chosen by the Father from eternity, Christ did not atone his sin by his propitiatory death and the Holy Spirit does not sanctify him. He remains a child of the devil in spite of his public profession of faith in Christ. Obedience to the covenant Lord is the proof of one's justification. And so he speaks about obedience in 1 Peter 1, 2, 14, 1, and 2, 1 Peter four seventeen, and so on. And St. Paul says the same thing. Let me read the 2 Corinthians nine thirteen. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God. For the obedience, now listen, that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ. Obedience accompanies your confession that Jesus is Lord. We obey Jesus because he loved us by dying for us. He teaches us, if you love me, keep my commandments. He says that so. What did Jesus say? Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. If you are disobedient to Jesus, you are not a Christian, sir. And you cry out, ask God to save you. And finally, let me tell you, Peter prayed that you may receive what, sir? Abounding grace and peace as you go through fiery trials. The fourth point, how can we love the Lord Jesus and obey him if God's people are experiencing fiery trials as we sojourn as pilgrims in this world? We can do all the will of God through the risen Christ who gives us strength continually. Stop complaining. Start praying. We need grace. We need abounding grace. The Apostle Peter is praying for all God's people. May grace and peace be what, sir? multiplied to you to live in obedience to our covenant Lord and so he says in chapter 5 and the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast to him be power forever and ever amen with the help of Silas whom I regard as a faithful brother I have written to you briefly encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God stand fast in it stop complaining he is not going to hear at all the prayer. Give me more money. He may not give you any money. He may not heal you. Apostle Paul teaches the same thing. Second Corinthians 9.8 And God is able to make all grace what, sir, abound to you. So that in all things at all times having all that you need. You will abound in every good work. And the Lord told St. Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And we are trying to prove that Jesus Christ is wrong. We want grace and something else. No, sir. My grace is what, sir? Sufficient, sufficient for you. Hebrews four sixteen. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in time of need, not money not health, not anything what you need is grace and you being arrogant you don't have grace if you don't have grace and the one thing is, humble yourself and God gives you grace grace and peace are twins where there is grace there shall be peace therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ Philippians 4 says do not be anxious about what sir anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus praise sir Christ achieved peace for us by his atoning death for the elect Christ is our peace by his propitiatory death the wrath of God is taken away and the father is gracious toward us and gives peace to all who approach him in the name of his son grace signifies God's love in action in Jesus to deal with our enmity of sin against God. Our father did not spare his beloved son, listen, sir, from the death of the cross to spare us, his beloved Isaacs, from eternal death. So in Jesus we receive grace and peace to meet our every need as we sojourn in this sinful world. In place of wrath we deserved, we receive grace and peace we never deserved. We receive both peace with God and the peace of God. John 14:27 Peace I live with you, my peace I give you, I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. John 16:33, I have told you these things so that in me you have peace, not in anybody else. Even at the hour of your death, you have peace in Jesus Christ. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart! I have overcome the world. Paul says, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future. See, we are worried about what the future is going to be. Don't worry. Don't worry about the present. Don't worry about the past. Neither height or depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are more than what, sir, Conquerors in and through Jesus Christ. Let me read this. What Professor Clowney, who was my professor, In his commentary on 1st Peter, he speaks about one Armando Valladares. And listen to this. Armando Valladares closes his account of 22 years in Castro's prisons in Cuba with these words recalling his thoughts as he was released. This is what he said. And in the midst of that apocalyptic vision of the most dreadful and horrifying moments in my life, in the midst of the gray, ashy dust and the orgy of beatings and blood, prisoners beaten to the ground, a man emerged, the skeletal figure of a man wasted by hunger, with white hair, blazing blue eyes, and a heart overflowing with love, raising his arms to the invisible heaven. And pleading for mercy for his executioners. And he said, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And a burst of machine gun fire ripping open his breast. That's what grace is all about grace and mercy be multiplied to you to live Mm. as sojourners scattered throughout the world experiencing fiery trials. Heavenly Father, help us to believe your word and be made strong for any eventuality made strong by the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Grace Valley Christian Center is committed to the unchanging truth of the Holy Scriptures. We have been proclaiming the whole counsel of God since 1974 through our weekly worship services, our website resources, and our publishing ministry. For more information about our church, To find more edifying sermons or to order books by the Rev. P.G. Matthew, please visit our website at gracevalley.org.